0: Hey guys, Bryn here. The next minute or two is going to be the best of the podcast because I'm actually recording this alone. So you guys are lucky enough to hear my voice and not have to hear Jenny's, so you're welcome. Uh, Jenny, I'm just kidding. I love you. Basically, I'm just hopping on here real quick to one, apologize for the late release of this episode There was just some stuff that delayed me from getting it out, and uh, you guys will hear about it in a podcast in a couple weeks, but I just wanted to say sorry. Uh, I know a few of you were really excited for this episode, and I hope that it was worth the wait. I also wanted to give you guys a couple prefaces about this episode, one being me and Jenny were so stupid for calling our introduction episode episode zero, because that would make this episode 2. And we call it episode 3 throughout the entire introduction. So this is technically episode 2. But we do call it episode 3 because it's the third episode we're releasing. And the second preface is that this was recorded before we recorded the actual paranormal episode that went out. I don't know if you guys remember but I ended up losing the SD card. So the episode that went out for our Halloween special was actually the second recording that we did of it. The episode you're about to see was recorded the same day as the first recording that was lost in the SD card that went in the washer. So there's just a little bit of, like, confusion in the context if you guys don't know that. So I just wanted to hop in, let you guys know that me and Jenny are stupid and that um this is episode two and we recorded this before we recorded the paranormal episode but yeah thank you guys for your patience and your support we hope you enjoy this episode and i'll shut up now so you can watch me and jenny be idiots for the next hour hour and a half so
1: bye all right ready yep hi guys i'm jen i'm Bryn, and this is women with microphones welcome back for the third time third time episode three so exciting. Very exciting.
2: Thanks for still watching, if you're still here.
1: Yeah, we are gradually working through some of the difficulties. Like, <laughs> the YouTube upload is absolutely brutal. They are murdering Britain It's literally a slaughter.
2: I don't know. Okay, Jenny, like, has released stuff on YouTube, so she can confirm, like, I don't know what's <laughs> happening. Literally, like, it doesn't make sense. I'm doing everything right. I've done everything right at this point dozen like over a yeah. dozen times yeah and they are just repeatedly um knocking me down I've almost cried I haven't yet but by the time this this episode <laughs> gets sure released I absolutely will have yeah so, I'm
1: sure it will happen sorry
2: that the introduction uh, video came so much later than the podcast
1: listen like it's like so much more work to get it off the ground than like people think it is like I, me and Bryn, like obviously we thought months ago this was going to be so easy yeah. to step into and like even now when we're as prepared as we are it's still not enough it's difficult so like yeah we're just gonna figure out a couple things um we know that the audio in the intro episode wasn't good so we think we've fixed it we've turned it up a little bit so we hopefully are gonna be more mindful and that should be fine for this episode so um but thank you for all of you who messaged us and was like hey it's kind of low so just make sure you change that yeah so, thank you and also
2: thank you to everyone who shared it and for all the nice messages you guys were so nice
1: no like you don't understand me and bryn were just like sending screenshots back and forth of what people were saying about it and like it's like so cute and so exciting and like it honestly makes it like so much more worth it it's like like, we just like praise
2: (laughs) it's very scary to like look at a camera and speak to it with a big mic in your face and know that like
1: people are gonna listen to this yeah even if it's not a
2: lot like it's just a little a little nerve-wracking and you guys made those worries just like disappear. Yeah, the like support we could was be, so nice. We could
1: be in someone's car right now. Oh my god. Like that's, that's adorable. so fun. I hope you're having a safe drive yeah, if we are. True. Um I honestly don't know if we could do a high and the low of the week because we it's the same ago. week. Yeah. So, I think that We that's also kind of didn't even
2: touch on it in the paranormal episode because we filmed that the same day as the other As one. the first one. And yeah. just in case you guys were wondering, so it's Thursday right now. Um I lost the SD card <laughs> that we filmed the footage for the paranormal episode on, so we are not sure if we're gonna maybe Aubrey like <gasps> <gasps> Oh my god, T.
1: So yeah, yeah, no, I definitely think it'll be fine. But like, literally, like we filmed on Tuesday. I got here at like two. And then we didn't start filming until, like, 4, but I didn't leave here until, like, 10.30. Yeah, it was pretty late when we like got finished. It was, like, hell late. And then yesterday we hung out because we did the release and tried to figure all that stuff out. So, like, and then we're again today. Like, this is the most we've hung out in probably, like, Years. A, good, a good few <laughs> Literally,
2: months. Literally, like, so long. I've not um, seen Jenny three days in a row in I don't know how long. But it's been...
1: So worth it. So fun. But, um, yeah, so... We're going to preface for this episode because we are doing uh, talking about our religious experiences. This is going to be more of like an overview because both of ours are like we could get so in depth with everything that we've experienced in church and um, just in general with our experiences. So, like, this is very much of an overview and does not reflect, I think, the true depth of everything. Yeah. Um. And then, as a preface, there's no ill will in these episodes, especially these types of episodes where we talk about. Um, the church that we met at, and, you know, those kinds of people and stuff like that, like the our church friends of the past and even present. Um, absolutely no ill will or anything like that. Um, it's just a lot of emotion to talk about. There was, like, a lot of anger, a lot of resentment, um, a lot of hurt involved in a lot of it. And thankfully, we're both healed, very much so from that. Um, but, yeah, no bad vibes, no hate, just our stories. And we're also not name-dropping, so... The church, the people. Yeah, so, I mean, but also... If you're from that It's time not in our difficult life, yeah. to fill in some of Yeah, if you're, like, close with us, you, you can probably figure some of that stuff out. So, I just did a lot of talking. I think maybe you should go first.
2: Okay. Yeah. Um, so, I was raised Catholic, but we didn't go to church every Sunday. I had gone to CCD, and we would go to either the church Jenny and I met at, or the church I attended CCD at for holidays. And that was pretty much the extent of it. Um, I attended the church that we met at. We're probably just going to call it like the church. But I first attended there in January of 2016, which was my seventh grade year. Mm-hmm. And then I had an overlap of Catholicism. And it's a mouthful non-denominationalism christianity like that was what i practiced at the church that was what our church was
1: real quick for the listeners like let's just break that down because i know some people aren't religious so just for an example there's basically you have the two big sects of christianity which are catholicism and then you have um protestant and under the protestant that's where you get a bunch of what you would call denominations which is just a fancy word for saying factions um and those different Sections of Christianity normally have smaller, differing beliefs um, in things like predestination, which is like, is it already determined if people are going to heaven or hell? Like, has God already made that decision? And a bunch of other, like, little inconsistencies that they don't always agree on. So when we say non-denominational, it's literally a section of Christianity that says that it doesn't conform to the other sections of Christianity. But it's it's the same thing. Yeah. It's more loose. You get to wear jeans. (laughs) That's
2: kind of... (laughs) i would i always considered myself like christian when i attended there because non-denominational was just something i got really tired of explaining to people but yeah it's i would say i mean i'm not sure i'm aware of every single christian denomination but i would say that non-denominational is probably like the most modern and like Mm
1: -hmm. hip version of christianity i think you said a great modern is like an absolutely great way to put it it's very much like you have like you know music that's like pop released like in this decade yeah Um, you know it's much more like technology and like you know and yeah like you have like marketing websites like it's like not run by like super old people which is no need to old people but it's very much directed toward younger generations for sure
2: yeah um so yeah i had an overlap um, while I was finishing my basic sacraments, which is in Catholicism, you have to do that in order to like get married in a Catholic church or like get any of your later sacraments. And my mom told me I couldn't go to the church that I wanted to go to until I finished them. So I finished them and then I got fully involved in church. I was serving several hours every Sunday, several hours Oh, well, at that point, it was youth and church were both yeah. on Sunday. So it was literally, like, for Jenny and some people, it was way longer. But for me, at, like, 13, I was at church from 8 to 1. And then, like, 5 to, to like, 9.30-ish, probably. A long time. A long time. Every Sunday. A long Sunday, time for somebody who's so young. Every Sunday. Yeah. Uh, I was given pretty significant responsibilities serving right away. I was watching kids and within a year I was gifted the room that I was working in so I had full responsibility of over a dozen children and I rarely had help at 14 years old. And I a little f a little over a year after I joined, I had gotten rebaptized, which basically like the normal baptism people really know is when you're a baby, it's catholic and in this
1: it's like once you're old enough it's to accept they call it at an age of understanding yeah so once you understand kind of the foundations of the christian like beliefs and everything like that then you can kind of then at that age you're understanding the commitment that you're making to god for your life once you understand there were eight and nine year olds
2: at our church that were getting baptized who i can confirm one billion percent (laughs) were not in an age of of understanding at all 100% um but yeah I was like a I think I was maybe a freshman or in eighth grade when I got baptized and um at that point I had like really few friends that were not church friends I really only hung out with church people I like pretty much invested my entire life into the church
1: um yeah
0: that's where I'm gonna leave mine for now
1: got you um so Opposite to Brin, I wasn't raised in Catholicism. I was raised in a Baptist church, which is one of the denominations in Christianity. Um, it's more old school, like we had an organ and a piano. It was a lot of older people, um, and I was like pretty much the youngest kid for quite some time before another girl came in with her parents. Um, and so, basically, I was baptized super young. I was like one of those like nine-year-olds that you were talking about. But to be fair, I feel like I did understand quite a bit, but when you look at it through the lens of, like, I'm still only, like, I'm not critically thinking about what I'm understanding. It's just, I'm being told all of these things, and, like, I can repeat them, and I feel like I'm a very spiritual person, and it's been since I was young. So, when I was, like, getting baptized, I was like, oh, I'm spiritually, like, you know, I believe in God, I understand, you know, blah, 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 X, Y, Z, and, but really, it's, you know, at that age, what am I truly, you know, understanding? Like, I can't really think, completely for myself so i'm still taking it what other people are saying so i would agree with you it's like kind of not really an age of understanding it's more of like an age of like regurgitation yeah and like what people want to hear um but yeah like Brent said so uh in non-denominational in, in non-denominational churches what a baptism would be it would be considered like a christening or like an anointing yeah um but in um well sorry yeah. our church
2: did dedications they were literally called baby dedications where the baby was not dedicated to god the baby was dedicated to the church and the parents decided it was like for the parents even though the baby was getting dedicated to the church yeah it was for the parents to say like i am choosing to raise my child in the church. church
1: this church which is sorry like
2: see this is where i don't want it to seem any way other than just like pure Not understanding like that, it feels crazy to say out
1: loud. The word that comes to mind for like the way that you just phrased that the word that comes to mind is indoctrination, which is exactly what it is. Because a lot of the people that are now quote unquote leaders in this church normally were also anointed or dedicated at one point and they were raised into the church. And if that's the only thing you ever know, then it's really scary to leave, even if you want to. So, like, you kind of get stuck in this like thing and then then they do that to their kids and then and I don't
2: think there's anything wrong with a parent deciding to raise their kid in faith but I think one organization it to a church is really yeah. like almost unfair to the kid
1: yeah to do it in one organization like you know what if my parents like like they were a little bit more hesitant to let me go to the church that me and Brynn met at because like it was just like I was really stepping away from the Baptist stuff and um they were just like more so concerned about me getting sucked up into it and then me getting used in the serving capacity which spoiler alert my mom is right we've had so many conversations my about parents it. had
2: similar concerns fears, yeah, yeah. cuz they
1: can like see that and stuff and at that age we were so whack- like wrapped up in it like we couldn't and we see were that.
2: vulnerable and at such a young age yeah,
1: yeah. um so i'm going to keep going but um so when i was like young young before i met went to the church that me and Bryn went to um, if I end up saying the name, or me and Brin the name, if you hear the audio dip out, it's <laughs> us beeping. And I'm also going to have
2: word. to, like, blur our mouths or something. Yeah, and
1: is... we're going to probably, like, if we curse, I'm the just scared audio dip is us I'm just scared, genuinely, like, almost anyone watching this is
2: 100% aware of what
1: the church is, but, yes. like... So we're going to ask, like, even if you, like, comment or something, like, don't say it. We don't want to get sued. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of money. They could sue us. Let's not do it. Um... <laughs> more on that coming in Um, our other episode stay tuned yeah we've done a lot of research for that um but yeah so when I was like young uh I attended a youth group with a different friend of mine to a different church not the one that me and Brent met at um which was much more laid back and I really loved it I got really invested into their youth group started going to summer camps for like a week at a time in the summer like where you had like set schedules for, like, sermons and, like, worship, which is just, like, music and, you know, um, raising your hands and singing. It's
2: looking fire. I'm not even gonna front. We literally, it's like, so good. Me
1: and Bryn like, listened to worship music after our paranormal episode, and, like, we were kind of vibing. And, like, Bryn doesn't it's even good. believe in it. Like, so it's
2: like- <laughs> good music. I can't
1: front. Um, so, and then when I was a junior in high school, I sporadically started attending the church that me and Bryn met at during my senior year. I was consistently going at that point, and after I graduated, I took on a leadership role in the youth. Um, I also served on Sundays. I joined production team, uh, worship team for youth. And basically I was serving Sundays from basically 6 a.m. We had to be there to set up the church because at that point we were in a gym and we didn't have a building of our own. So I would be there for a 6 a.m. setup, And when I was like really in it, I wanted to stay the entire day. Yeah. So I literally was there until like 6 p.m. And then like breakdown, which would happen literally for like two hours after. So I wouldn't even get out until like eight. So I was literally there all day long. Like my mom wouldn't see me. Like, at all on Sundays. Um, On Wednesday, once we made the transition where youth was on On Wednesdays, um, I was there from pretty much, like, 4 or 5 p.m. Because I would go early to, like, help do different stuff as a leader until, like, 10 or 11 at night. Um, Thursdays, I would volunteer to help with, like, sound for, like, practice for, like, the worship team at that point. So, like, it was just, like, I volunteered a lot. And then I ended up interning, which was, like, more days out of my week. It was just it kind of really started to snowball where I got really sucked in to like feeling like I was belonging to something because that's kind of how you get like welcomed in and like everyone's so excited and like, you kind of like really get sucked in and then they're like, Oh, well, like I didn't see you last week. And then you want to be there for like the next three weeks and like yeah. serving and doing all these things yeah. um, to be seen. So yeah, that's pretty much, I got really sucked in. Yeah. Yeah. um
2: I did as well when we did the switch I'm going to say for the first couple years I was there, uh, youth was on Sunday nights. And then we had changed our Sunday services to different times. So then youth was changed to Wednesday nights. I had danced for 11 years. And I quit dance because it was on Wednesdays.
1: Yeah, and I remember as your leader at that point, I was like... Because people told me.
2: I wasn't showing up. And people were literally texting me being like, where are you? We miss you. Like... Mm -hmm. So I quit dance after 11 years and, uh, started attending youth regularly again.
1: I would have, like, soccer and I would, like, come, like, right after practice, even if I was, like, tired, but if I was, like, a late game or something, they'd be like, like, you can't, like, come after, or, like, you can't, like, do this, or, like, you know, blah, blah, or, like, no. if I was too tired from practice and, like, didn't want to go, they'd be like, we really missed you, and I'm like, I'm literally, like, struggling in high school right now, <laughs> like, please let me be, like, I'm sorry. Um... But yeah, and then obviously as the years started to progress for both me and Brynn, I think we both started to kind of see more of like the intricacies of what was actually happening like yeah. on the inside of the church. I think we also got
2: older. I think that had a lot to do with it.
1: We older and wiser. We were, yeah. When you, I mean like
2: even you, you came in at senior year, but I think that that's a, I think that the youth group is a great example. Sorry, I hit my mic. It's okay. I think it's a great example of like, Students, whether you're like the youngest you can be at youth or the oldest, are just stressed, learning about themselves, looking for a place to belong. Yeah. Whether you're seventeen or twelve. Yeah. And we thought we found that there. And um.
1: And that's exactly the appeal. Like that's yeah. like I remember when I first walked into youth.
2: There, like, our whole church is like literal tagline is "Welcome Home." Yeah. That is literally
1: like. So you would have like a welcome desk. Like you had like leaders that would come up to you and like obviously like older people, like older people paying attention to you and like being like, oh my gosh, like, so who are you? Like blah, blah, blah. And like I love getting asked questions about myself. So like obviously I'm eating that up and I'm like, yeah, like I do this, I play soccer, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. And then like I met like one of my closer friends like that night. And so like we were, so like I already had like friends like the first night. So I was like, this is awesome, like, I want to come back, and then, like, they're showing, like, appreciation for you, and, like, oh, we love you so much, like, I hope you're here, and then when you're not there, they miss you, and, like...
2: Honestly, I feel like one time I heard somebody describe it as this, and I I just feel like it's super accurate, like, they love-bomb you. They 100% love-bomb you. Like, you get there, and they just, like, overwhelm you with validation and, like, acceptance, and... Everything you're seeking at that
1: age. Yes. Everything you're seeking.
2: Yes, and... And, like, I don't – honestly, like, I want to say that in the very beginning, it felt real. I don't know how phony it was. I'm sure a lot of it was phony. But, like, some of the friendships I made there when it was, like, really small – because when me and Jenny first started going, there was not more than 50 people in youth total. And that's, like, leaders and students. It was small. And by the time I left, we were having at least 100 new students come every week. Like, it was blown up we had to, we had to find a new place because we were literally running out of room. So, I think that the numbers was a big shift for me personally. Like as the numbers grew, I think it became really clear to me that the church was a business first, yeah, and a community for God second. Yeah. And
1: and I think that I think to be fair, I think that did change with the numbers it did. happening. 100%. Because originally, like you said, I think originally, I think it was it felt pretty, real. I think it was authentic. I yeah. do. Like, I don't... Like, I'm not shaming, like, any of the leaders that were there when I was there. But, like, it did feel much more authentic. But to the point where, like, I, once I was a leader and then I was there once the numbers did start to grow, there were times I was like, I really didn't want to, like, engage with students. Like, I just didn't... Feel like and it felt like a chore, and they would be like, "You have to reach out to them. You have to reach out to them. You have to like go to their games." You're given more. Yeah, you had so much, so many more. Yeah, you had so many more students to manage, and you're trying to like manage their lives. While I'm in college, and I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing, and like meanwhile I'm like like, trying to figure out my relationship with God, and like you're consistently pulling out. Yeah, which is another thing. Like the leaders are not old enough
2: to be given that sort of responsibility. You want to talk about like the toll that it takes on a child and a student to like deal with some of the stuff we did like that for you i mean like the leaders in there are still in there but like that must be so overwhelming to like leave and have to realize like you were literally told like these people and their spiritual spiritualities like are on your shoulders and like make sure they're maintained yeah and like that's it's your responsibility
1: scary no literally because like even when that's even somebody's when, salvation even when i was like first a leader my our group are like um we call them YEGs, they're called youth discipleship groups. Um and literally I had like what, like maybe eight girls under that, like you included at that point. So like even that, even that alone, even to share that with another leader, like let's say it was split in half and I only had four of you. I'm eighteen years old going into college And I'm being placed in such a leadership aspect where I'm now responsible for four people where I have to check in with you every week. I have to see what's going on in your life. If you have any sporting events, any theater events, you know, I should want to be there and want to be involved in your life. And it's this form of, like, I want you to trust me so I get a platform in your life. So I then have this leverage to, like, kind of preach to you and, like, kind of... It really is, like, when when you phrase it out and you lay it out like that, you kind of see that even if it is authentic at its base it it doesn't seem like it at okay. all like it's still kind of like tactics it's to get manipulation to yeah it's exactly what it's it is. Manipulation. it's love bombing it literally is it because is. you're giving attention you're giving validation you're but giving affirmation but it's not it's
2: not just to give it it's for what comes with that
1: which is serving yes cuz that's exactly cuz that's the whole point once you get in there they want you to you know, you know you know i see so much potential in you you're so amazing i there's so many good things that you could do like i think You're, like, ready to, like, really step up and serve. Like, you could change so many lives around you. And, like, at that age, you want to. I'm literally getting triggered. You want to. Like, I see so much potential in you. You're a leader. You know, you're a legend. Like, all this stuff.
2: Anyone who was anyone at that church held at least one position of service. Yes. At least one. At least one. I was 14 years old with an entire classroom to myself Mm -hmm. every single Sunday. Yep. That is illegal first <laughs> off like all the morals aside not legal yeah
1: but <sighs> yeah no because like you have that and like like you said i think it's a good way to put it like you have at least one position of service and if you weren't serving like you wanted to serve because like you would be in and like it was part of like the clicks and stuff like yeah. that like you want yeah. to be in because once you're in youth okay that's great like they accepted you they welcomed you they want you in there But then there's another inner level. Yes. Another another deeper level that you then want to be a part of that level. There are tiers. And
2: the more you serve, the higher you get. Yep. And we touched on favoritism a little bit in the introduction. The closer you get to the top tier, the more liked you are. Yeah. And who doesn't want to be liked? Yeah. Like, religion aside, like, all of that aside, like, of course kids are going to want to do whatever they are told to if it means they're gonna get liked and they're gonna keep getting that validation yeah i put on a santa costume (laughs) in the middle of july because i was like i'm gonna get points for this one
1: like that's not okay literally and like what you said like it is like it's just like this tier system where and then like and then if you were to like admit that and be like there's favoritism there's clicks even amongst like friends of mine that i would like say that to and i'd be like there's like in crowds and like always the favorites would always be like no there's not yeah it's the like, ones that are not. literally in
2: it that i that can't just,
1: see it that they just can't or refuse
2: it. to acknowledge yeah. it because i i mean like i'm not trying to be disrespectful but you need to be like either really socially unaware or blind yeah. to not notice yeah the like the crazy favoritism that goes on especially yeah. in youth church is its own thing but like youth was just such a nasty dynamic because like kids are kind of mean and yeah. like yeah kids want to be in that tier and you couldn't all be and it was a very small group it was the same group from the second i got to church until the second i left a few people had added in but it was the same people yeah and <sighs> what is
0: that
1: noise i don't know i think maybe your c or maybe your water i don't know sorry we had like we were like a noise upstairs um so, yeah, with all of that kind of laid out, and again, like, if we go into, like, a deeper... This is more so just our experiences. If we yeah. go... It, like, we can go deeper into we this. We will go deeper like, into it, this. Like, it'll happen eventually. But, so, when did things start to change for you? Um, you know, kind of getting in deeper. Like, what yeah. did... What changed for you? So,
2: like we touched on, when I first started going, the family atmosphere definitely felt more authentic. Um, and that's what pulled me in. But as the numbers grew... Um, that was kind of like replaced with like a mask of free stuff, fun prizes, yeah. cool lights, like cool events, stuff like that. We were having like t- at least twice a month we were giving out flat screen TVs, new phones, yeah. Apple watches. Like it was crazy. The yeah. stuff that we were just dropping like it was nothing. And, like it, and, th- and who got those prizes? The people who brought the most people that night. Yep i i genuinely can't do this like verbalizing all of this right now it's crazy that we all hundreds of us sat there and fought fought yeah did whatever we i was putting youth things in people's lockers like i wanted a phone i well, wanted a free apple I would watch
1: have, like, random people in like target like. yeah
2: one time i saw carson once. i said
1: i have a church if you ever want to come <laughs> You know How many people have probably invited Carson Wentz because he gets seen like so often? There's no way, like, that man definitely has so many church guards, it's insane.
2: Um, but yeah, the prizes and the lights, as I got older, I started to realize that that was a tactic and mm-hmm. it wasn't just them being generous. Yeah, um, I'd started to get closer with people outside of the church, which for like the five years I was there didn't really happen, so um, I kind of realized when i had friends outside of church that like i didn't have to be like christian brin which i that was part of my identity like when you are spending so many hours and so much effort and like so many people in your life are from this place like it is everything especially if you are like in that moment faithful and you believe in the god like it just makes your connection to the church so much more powerful and like i believed Mm -hmm. and church was everything and I didn't really have friends outside of that so I didn't know that I didn't have to be that per- person and I realized that my sophomore year when I started making not making friends but getting closer with some people um sophomore year was when I started taking Am I gay quizzes <laughs> <laughs> still in the church so funny but I started taking some quizzes um obviously like we said like the favoritism and the clicks they just got worse as numbers grew yeah. and I couldn't keep ignoring it especially because like Jenny said like if you aren't there if you have any other kind of commitments like a dance or a sport or anything like I had play I did plays so I had rehearsals and like the second you're not giving it your all you are treated differently
1: yeah so like yeah. when
2: I was giving it my all it felt I felt like it was okay to like look past some of the really suspicious stuff And then I didn't have the benefits that came with giving everything to the church anymore. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't worth it.
1: Yeah,
2: Um, I started to kind of resent God a little bit because of the way the church had made me feel. Um, And eventually I had left the church. I had blamed it on my busy school and rehearsal schedule. I had left November of my junior year. So, very early in my junior year, and then within two months, I had come out to like my close friends
0: as bisexual. So, it was a very quick turnaround.
2: Hey guys, this is Brynn and Jenny. Um, I just want to let you guys know that while we are sorry about the technical difficulties regarding the camera, we are going to let you know that they're not going to stop anytime soon. Um, we <laughs> don't... we buy a new one. We, yeah, we currently don't have the budget um, to buy a new camera, and the one that we're using just gets too overheated because we're so GD hot. So, um, sorry, but not sorry enough to do anything about it so enjoy the rest of the episode especially the parts where the camera just stops working thanks um so yeah eventually come november of my junior year i had blamed my busy school and rehearsal schedule and uh left the church at that point i hadn't been attending regular regularly um because i would go to the shore every summer so i wouldn't be in youth all summer long which made like coming back so much better because everyone was like up my ass um and then within two months of me leaving I had come out as bisexual to my close friends so it was a very quick turnaround yeah um I hadn't seen my church best friend who I had also met my first day of youth because we didn't go to the same high school but when I went to church we were church friends so we always saw each other And when we hung out for the first time after I had come out, I had told her. And she had um, (laughs) no hate. Like, I swear, like, no hate at all. But she had said, well, as long as you've never had a crush on me.
1: (laughs) Which, if you're a straight woman that has ever said that to any LGBTQ woman, person, whatever. literally rocks. No, literally go pound sand literally like that is just it's insulting and it's ridiculous. so insulting i it's so insulting i told Bryn that um i want us to do a podcast episode on it but um, yeah we will definitely that, be doing that especially straight women in like the church setting i feel like they expect anybody that likes women to treat them like men which is sexualization and like just being friggin all over them all the time because like that's what they think lesbians are just like sexualizing other women which is not what it is because. We are so respectful. We are not men. So, like, I don't really... Sorry. I mean, I True. hate to bring it to you, but, like, when I was in the locker room when I was in high school...
2: My eyes stayed on I the floor.
1: Know, no, literally, th- I would, like, face my locker and I'd be like... And we were, like, in the closet. No, literally, because, like... Straight. I don't, we were straight. I thought it was just, like... I thought... It was just respect. I thought everybody felt like respect. that. Like I thought that everybody felt look. like that. That you just, like... I thought everybody felt uncomfortable, as I did. And I was like, I, like, walking past Victoria's Secret. I would get so uncomfortable, like, turning around, because I'd be like, well, where am I supposed to look? I'd be like, "Was well, I everybody done? I'd be like, let me know when you're done. Let me know. <laughs> I'll turn around. <sighs>
2: um,
1: but, yeah, she had said that,
2: which was the first time, like, a woman had said that to me, because I'd just come out. And yeah. I was like, wow. <laughs> I haven't, so we're we're chilling. And then... um. Then the second time me and her had seen each other, after that, she had told me that she told her mom.
1: So the entirety of the church knows. Correct. Because her mom is, like, super in, in church. In there, like in Like, in we're there. talking top tier. And
2: I'm not going to say much more than this, but I had several people who I am confident outed me throughout that church. Valley. Several. Yeah. Um, I had to tell my brother and his wife before I was comfortable telling people mm-hmm. because I knew that they were going to hear it from someone else yeah. if I didn't. Um the second time, yeah, that we she told me that her mom knew and she told me that her mom told her to hate the sin and love the sinner. Which also And she just you, looked at
1: me and repeated that. Also if you say that, go pound sand. That one,
2: no. Wait, actually It like, hurts. That one's so mean. It hurts. Like when really you mean. when you're a believer like that is one of the worst things that you can hear ever because what if I just looked at you when you said oh my god and I was like
1: love hey, the center the <laughs> yeah you got it you got it <laughs> Love the sun. I'm that's screaming it. in the
2: microphone again sorry
1: um, no yeah, really. so
2: <sighs> that was my my experience since oh this is kind of tea I've okay. seen like a handful of females that I met at I just almost said it. At a <laughs> church on dating apps.
1: Really? Which I ones? swipe left. Do you know? Real wait quick, do you know I which swipe one left. do I know them? Um Wait Yeah Wait, I know <laughs> what you're talking about. Wait, wait, Yeah, wait. Wait, wait type of,
2: yeah
1: That's not surprising to right? me. No. Well she um, was going with um Yes. Yeah. 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 I consulted on that when I was a leader. Um, yeah. Oh, um lord, 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 lord. So yeah, that was my experience.
2: Leaving and soon thereafter.
1: Yeah, you left before I did. You you got out yeah, sooner I than did. I did. Uh, um, not
2: much sooner, like a little less than half a year before you.
1: Yeah, you got because you said what you got out your junior year November. Which was, do you know what year it was? Right, it was uh, the November before COVID. And you okay, went and, and left you left, in, left right before I, COVID. I left in, or right Dory. Yeah, yeah, I left in May then. Um, yeah, for me, like, when things really started to change for me in church, I almost said it as well. Um, for me, it was, like, the more behind the curtain I got, the more I saw it for what I was. And because I was a little bit older than Brynn, I got to see a little bit more than even she got to see. Um, like, I have was pretty much involved in... I had my hand in pretty much everything at church. I could... I could I don't know how to like phrase this but like I could literally like I knew everybody like I had really my hand in everything that was pretty much um so I got to really see everything um like I've been to like our head head pastor's house like babysitting for like an event that they were having for the staff like I was an intern so I got to see like the ins and outs of like the office stuff which I actually signed um I signed a uh, non-confidentiality agreement, so I actually can't say a lot about my stuff with that. Which also, the fact that I signed one for the church is ridiculous. Like, imagine literally having to sign... I
2: can't know either. Like, she, like, actually doesn't tell me. So it's like...
1: I can get sued. I can't. Which is just crazy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like, for a church, signing a non-confidentiality agreement is ridiculous. Can't believe I did that. Um... But basically, yeah, I started to see kind of, like, the clicks, the favoritism, the popularity, um, and then how much I was serving versus how much I was appreciated, which you mentioned, but it's kind of under the guise of, like, because, like, when you would say something, you were, like, because you you're me, I was in therapy, I was, like, trying to express, like, my needs and kind of be, like, hey, it would feel really good if, like, you know, next time you just, like, tell me, like, hey, good job, like, thanks for doing that or whatever. And literally, people would, like, look you in the face and be, like, you shouldn't be doing it for the church, though, you should be doing it for God, not for praise, And I'm like, but it still feels nice. I really think that it's important to point out that
2: like serving is just a fancy way of them getting dozens of employees that they don't have to pay. It is a job. Yeah, it is. Especially what like Jenny was doing. It was labor. It was it was like
1: it was labor. It was gas. It was worth getting like a thank you. It was a lot. A lot. If not getting paid, literally a thank you. Because at some point, I like, some points I was working, like, literally 30 hours a week for them. Yeah. Depending crazy. on, like, what I was doing that week. Yeah. um, Like, my real, like, one of my bigger final straws was I was having a really rough time mentally. And I was encouraged to talk to our youth leadership about it. And I did. And when I did do it, I was told to step down from my position um, as uh, not necessarily a leader. But I was doing, I was production team lead at that point. Um, so I was asked to step down from that and from worship team. And that's just absolutely ridiculous. Like, because I'm like depressed and like having like a hard time, your answer, even though it didn't affect any of my work ethic, didn't affect what I was doing. Like all of my stuff was done, like literally like perfectly. Um, and just because of that alone, they wanted me to step down and I was like really devastated. My mom didn't even know that until like much later, like after I would left church, I like told her like the truth about that. She was also pissed. Um, But yeah, so that happened, and then I had, around the same time, I had a rumor go around about me in youth that was, you had a front row seat, too, which was great. Um, I'm not going to say what it was, because honestly, it just, it still makes me want to vomit, so, um, but like, kind of like stuff like that, where I was just kind of like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm, like, this is just, like, getting miserable, like, by the moment, Um, so, and then obviously, I knew I was gay um, since, like, I was, like, about 19, 18, 19 years old. Um, and the whole time I was kind of like fighting it and kind of being like, well, like, am I really, but like, I was taking, am I gay qu- quizzes and like, you know, signs to know you're gay. And I was like w- watching this like YouTube series. Um, I would watch it really late at night. So my mom wouldn't know, or like my parents wouldn't know. And I was watching this, um, series it's called Carmilla on YouTube. It's a web series. It's like really, really low budget, but like, it was like the first like positive queer media I've seen, and I, like, was, like, I'm just watching it because, like, I just want to see, like, why I feel the way I feel about, like, gay people. And so, like, I watched it and I'm, like, literally, like, halfway through the first season, I'm, like, oh, my God, what? I can't ignore it. Like, yeah. it, I kind of knew. Um, so, at that point in church, though, like, I, I knew and I was trying to, searching, like, through God for that, kind of, like, okay, like, what does, like, the Bible actually say about it, not what I'm being told um, and like, kind of like really diving deeper into my faith. And I think like, honestly, me being gay in a way spurred my faith further than it had before, because I was really like, really, really in the word, like really, really in the Bible, like digging through verses and like, not just the verses, but the historical context of them, because many Christians kind of forget it is still a historical context. It was written at a certain point in time. That point in time has effects on what is written and what gets said and, um, So, like, I was, like, really just doing a lot of um, deep diving, but, like, I, at the same time, would hear what a lot of other people who I considered my friends, like, shit on the LGBTQ community and stuff like that. So, even when I started contemplating maybe coming out to them because I was confident that I could be a Christian and gay, um, I wanted to, like, come out to people that were my close friends because I didn't have any other friends. Like you said, like, once you're in, like, those are your people. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to share that and, um, I would just like, every time I would get close to it and like feel brave enough, even though I felt like I was going to throw up, I would normally hear them say some kind of SmackDown remark about somebody else that we knew that came out or something like that. And, you know, it just like really shoots you down. So, um, that happened and I just literally just kept getting worse. So I got really tired of pretending I was becoming really resentful, not necessarily of God, but of like the church and like the people um, and, like, just the perversions that were really happening under his name, um, so eventually I started coming out to everyone except church people, and my life started being more so away from all of them than it was, like, inside the church, and nobody really seemed to care, which I think was, like, kind of a nail in the coffin, like, I wasn't getting reached out to, like, they didn't really, I was kind of being left behind, like you said, like, when you're not giving 100%, nobody really cares about you anymore, and that's kind of what was happening, and, I like made sure I did my part to like reach out and like you know try that way at least if they didn't want to like it couldn't be like oh the phone works two ways because I did try, um, so didn't really climb me to stay. I left the church in May of 2020 when COVID hit. Um, in that fall, um, I met a girl and had my first like I would call it a situation ship because like we weren't together but like we were like going on dates. We were hanging out a lot. Like we were sleeping together like one time, um. So, like, we were, like, you know, kind of together, and I wasn't really in touch with a lot of my church friends too much. Um, that December, I had a birthday party. I mentioned this in the, I think it was the intro episode. Yeah. Um, went to a birthday party with all of them and had been kind of almost dating this girl by that point, and one, only one friend there knew, which was so funny because, like, she wasn't even really a church friend, but she was related to
2: yeah.
1: one of the church friend. Um, and, like, literally, like, the whole time, like, I would, like, we would make jokes back and forth, like, under, like just, like, the guys, and, like, we would just, like, laugh, and nobody else would really know what we were talking about. I'm just, like, and then I would go up oh, to get a drink, whoa. and she would get up to go get a drink with me, and she'd be, like, dude, like, <laughs> we would just be, like, I, like, I know, like, why am I here? Um, I ended up ma- meeting Bailey that January, and we were dating um, pretty quickly, like, we started dating, like, five days after we met, literally less day. than a like, day, literally you hauling lesbians, um, and I had a... I had I had a snowboarding trip planned with my best, best, best friend from church at the time and her boyfriend and we had a snowboarding trip planned up in New York and it was like three hours away. And um I had offered to drive, but at that point, like you know when like you connect your phone to the car, so like then like when somebody texts you it like pops up that like so and so texted you. So I literally couldn't connect my phone the whole time. I like had I almost said her name, um I like had her put it in the GPS, I had her play the music and I literally like basically had to keep my phone on silent I felt like a spy like it was like not fun like it was like kind of low-key miserable and like when it was happening I like literally hated everything about it but I really wanted to tell her because she was like a really close friend of mine but she was from church so it made it like a lot harder um and the trip was like really rough when I got home I called Bailey and I cried about like just how exhausted I was at pretending and like we were really kind of I was out of church at that point under the guise of like, you know, COVID, but like, it still felt like I was pretending because I wasn't out. So I was still, you know, enduring, like, like my mom calling me being like, oh, like, have you like, did you meet a boy? Like, blah, 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 which is like no fault of hers. Like, she didn't know. And then I would have church people being like, oh, like, when are you going to come back? Like, so-and-so's here. And like, it's just, I get so exhausted. Like, you know, I don't want to be somebody else. I want to be me. And me is me with Bailey. And like, I'm happy. And like, but. My happiness wasn't worth telling, apparently. Um, So, yeah. And then, finally, Valentine's Day rolled around. That was kind of my last straw, seeing, like, all of our church friends post their boyfriends and, like, all this stuff. And I was like, I just got really tired of hiding. And, like, why does everybody else get to show the person they love and I have to hide? And, like, because, like, it's wrong, quote-unquote, but it's not. Like, you know what I mean? Like, after doing all my research, I was confident in being a Christian and gay like, I was confident that, like, God loves me and, like, exactly that I am, that I don't need to change anything, that he loves Bailey. And, like, we literally have a God-fearing relationship. We both believe in God. We both have our individual relationships in him. Literally everything about our relationship within a church would be accepted if she was a man. If she was a man. But the fact that she's not, that's not good enough for anybody um, but I ended up coming out on Valentine's day. I had called my mom and everything like right before I posted it. And I tried to tell a couple of people from church just out of courtesy that they wouldn't have to find out on social media. Didn't go well. Big surprise. Like the worst one, I, I'm not going to say her name obviously, but one of them was like kind of surprising because she wasn't super close with me. Like kind of, but like not really. Um, but like, I still like told her and like, it was like, it was rough. Like I like stopped. Um, where is it? I like wrote it down here. It was, I have
2: beef with her too. Yeah. So.
1: It was really bad. Um, and then I completely didn't tell my closest friend from church because honestly, like, I was just really scared too. And, like, I had been trying to tell her for like two years at that point. There was, um, I think
2: it's important to note for you guys that there was a student who was in my grade who um, had come out as bisexual mm-hmm. and then was immediately removed from her positions of service. Um, She
1: still follows me on Snapchat. We still talk every now and again. Really? Yeah. That's cool.
2: Um, Jenny's best friend and her had had a conversation about that where said friend very much defended that decision. So I can't imagine... Yeah. How tough that that
1: was gotten. that fight was like the biggest fight we'd ever had in our friendship. I remember and you
2: told me about that fight at Sweetsboro Diner. Yeah,
1: it was it was really heavy because me and this friend, like again, she was my closest yeah. friend. So like we like we hung out all the time, we had sleepovers all the time, like and at that point I knew that I was gay and so when um, the student got removed from her position and um, my friend came to sleepover and we were talking about it and I was like, I don't agree with that at all and like we started getting really heated about it and obviously At that point like we weren't fighting about the student we were fighting about me because i wanted to be honest with her and i wanted to tell her that i was gay because realistically even though she's talking about the student and saying well she shouldn't be in leadership she shouldn't be doing this she shouldn't be on the platform even though she's saying that about the student i'm hearing you shouldn't be a leader you shouldn't be on the platform you don't deserve a platform you know you're going to hell like i'm hearing everything that it's more personal than that, And I remember her even being like, I don't know why you're so upset about this. Like, I remember her saying that and I was like crying. And honestly, I think even, the fact that she couldn't figure that out. Even you're, is... if
2: you're just a really strong ally, as a friend, to yeah. see your friend feel that upset about something yeah. and react that way. Her reaction was just ridiculous. No, it was bad
1: enough. She wanted to go home. She wanted to leave, but it was storming that night. And I told her that she had to stay because I didn't want her driving in it. And I said, "You can sleep in my room. I'm gonna go sleep in my mom's room." And I remember crawling into my mom's bed because my dad was working, and I was like sobbing my eyes out. And my mom had already been asleep, but she kind of woke up a little bit and like talked to me for a minute. And she was like, "What's going on?" Like blah blah. blah. And I was like, "Me and Mel had a fight." And I honestly almost told my mom, like why. Like I was so upset about it. And but my mom agreed with me. Like we talked about it later on, and she was like. I don't think, like, that student should have been removed, like, blah, 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 so my mom was very affirming, but basically all that stuff just kept getting worse, so even after I had left the church, like, my religious experience still extended beyond that because of all of the friends that, like, my friendships ended much later, um, and I was just really scared to tell my close friend about it, and we ended up losing our friendship anyway, unfortunately, um, just because we're just entirely different people now. Yeah. Like, there's just, like, there really is no common ground, I think. Like, I remember I her, like, fondly. And, like, there's a place in my heart that, like, I will always, like, love her. Sure. And, like, you know, I can't let go of that. But, like, realistically, if we were even to try to have a friendship again, I don't think it would work.
2: Um, I agree with most of the friendships I lost when I left the church. And I think a big part of that is because you, I feel like... When you enter the church and when you become a part of it, you become really stagnant and you don't grow anymore because you don't have to. Mm -hmm. And when we left the church, I think we started to grow as people again. And I think that that's why all of these relationships weren't able to be maintained because the version we were in church lined up with these people. And we are so different from that version
1: of ourselves yeah. now.
2: And they are exactly the same.
1: Well, and we made sure that we lined up with it. Like, we wanted yeah, to fit you into have their to. world. So, like. You have to. And I think that's, it's even more personal. So, like, once we left and, like, they're, they, they don't like you anymore. You know what I mean? And, and I kind think of you like,
2: always think you'll be enough. Yeah. And, like,
1: well, yeah, they think this
2: way. And, yeah, they're, like. Kind of awful in a lot of their morals, but like they'll, they'll love now, me.
1: now it's me. It's yeah. not just
2: other people. Like now it's me, and I'll be enough to have them change their mind. And we're not.
1: Yeah, I remember like when I like was writing um, in my. I have like a f- like a nice journal that I write in sometimes when I'm feeling like really profound. Mm, so Um, but I remember writing that um, that I was going to come out, and I and I said um, I have this overwhelming fear that the love that I've received that has been deemed unconditional is going to become conditional. And that's exactly it's what true. happened that like the people that I thought were going to be in my life forever and that we going to be like my bridesmaids and stuff like that. They won't, they won't be there to see me and Bailey get married. They won't get an invite. They might see pictures, but honestly, probably even not like a lot of them unfollowed me. Um, and it's really hard to like lose friendships that you thought you were going to have for a lifetime. But honestly, People that you said
2: your kids would call and
1: yeah, but like literally I would kill the life that I had over and over and over again to be able to get to where I am now because I am so much better off and so much happier and so me much too. healthier because I'm authentic. I'm mm-hmm. not pretending anymore and I don't have to. And I don't need them to tell me that I'm enough because like I know that in my eyes that I am and in God's eyes that I am. So like I don't need anybody else to affirm me anymore. And I think there's a lot of power in that as somebody who's Christian agree. and gay.
2: That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Um sorry, we this were just is, looking at our outline. This is kind of crazy, guys. Yeah. We were just like looking at I was trying to figure out where we wanted to go for our outlines.
2: This this uh this next part.
1: You wanna get into this? Yeah, I do. Okay, okay. I do. Yeah, I, I definitely know, do. I know you love getting this one. Okay. This guys. is kind of like a little side story. This, but it's I think still that involved.
2: this is it I think that this is the Best example of the kind of things that made it take so long for Jenny and I to get where we are now because we were in this church and this is what this church told us, and that was incredibly damning to somebody who like believed. Yeah, and when a church tells you that one, being gay is a sin, yeah, two choosing sin is not okay and will send you to hell Mm -hmm. and that three hell is burning for eternity you shut up and you do what they say because that is terrifying especially to a kid to think that you have to get through this temporary life so then your eternity can be saved You'll do what they tell you to do.
1: Yeah. That's a really,
2: really scary concept.
1: Also, I just want to put in, like, a little asterisk for everybody who might be, like, thinking, like, why is, like, the being gay thing so caught up in this religious experience? And the biggest, like, because I, I could hear my mom probably asking that question, so I feel like other people might ask it. Um, and the biggest answer that I can give to that is that it has everything to do with everything. Like, I... Like, with how strong the Christian faith is against the LGBTQ community, to be somebody who is gay and in that community, like, trying to fit into the church, like, structure is so damaging. Like, yes. it is so hard. To your self-image. Yeah, like, to be able to climb out of that. The fact that me and Brynn did it and the fact that I, lo- I really do hope, like, the other students that, like, you wrote on there that you've seen on dating apps, like... Every time I find another student of mine that, like, got out. Oh. Like, it really... It's hard. It really is hard to be able to, like, crawl out of that. Yeah, I'm friends with her on okay. uh, Instagram. We, me and Bailey ran into her at Friendlies. Yeah, I knew yeah. that.
2: But I didn't... I'm going to have to take that out because she's going to watch this.
1: <laughs> so she'll know that we're talking about
2: her. <laughs> I love her.
1: I mean, you can leave it in Um you want. So... But yeah, so I just yeah. wanted to get that out of the way cuz I know yeah. some people might ask that. Um, I just
2: I think that it's tough for people who are not gay to really imagine it because like I feel silly having to say this, but I just in case anyone from the church or anyone with certain beliefs did stumble upon this this episode, I I think you might be in the wrong place, honestly. <laughs> but it's not a choice to be gay. Yeah. And if you are like a diehard christian it's really not a choice to believe either you just do yeah and it is nearly impossible to do both and it was impossible to do both in that church
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and um yeah so i'm just gonna get right into this story yeah yeah um the pastor's wife at our church was a for me personally big like light bulb over my head where I was like, oh, okay. So, like, any of those thoughts? Like, Selena Gomez? Nope. Out of there. I just, wanna I just want to be her. I just want to be her. That's it. Any sexuality that I was contemplating because of her was just the devil tempting me. Chuck and em. I am straight. Straight as a <laughs> line. Couldn't be more straight. I love men every day till I die. Um, Because I think it was... I'm going to say the date. Go for it. I think it was in August of 2018. And I do want to say that this message is still up on the church's website. We have checked. As of October 20th, 2022, if you were to go onto our church's website if and look for this. If you were to be able to this, figure
1: it out. At least, which some of you, a might. lot of y'all could,
2: low key. If you wanted to, you go in their past messages and you find the message from... August and I think it is called Sexuality, I believe.
1: I can tell you exactly what series it was from. Too. I I
2: see, but the series we can't say the series. The series it's in was twenty nineteen, and it's all that's why you couldn't find it. It's all twenty nineteen videos, and then that one just thrown in. So you might not find it at first, but keep looking because it's there. Okay. Yeah,
1: I'm not gonna say the series because I feel like if yeah, you, it's too obvious. Y- if you looked up the series, I feel like it would probably pop yeah. up. Yeah,
2: but um, this message, which is just like every week church has a message and that's what the pastor preaches this message was an interview of the pastor's wife and the pastor and in this interview the pastor's wife told us that she had a long-term live-in girlfriend and that she was not attracted to men she had then come to church realized that she was living a life of sin and broke up with her girlfriend she started attend- attending church regularly and serving. And then, now a lot of this is like pretty much word for word. She gave in to temptation and left the church and went back to her girlfriend. She then left her girlfriend again, started coming back to church, had met the senior pastor.
1: Who, can I just say, um, their story in that was basically him pursuing her non-stop and her saying no and then eventually giving in. Also. So.
0: Uh, take that as you will.
2: Thinks that the senior pastor is gay.
0: <laughs>
1: which
2: is like kind of ironic. That's kind of funny. But um, it's so
1: internalized. There's no way he'd come out. No way. No way. You're making too much money. I <laughs> mean. Like,
2: um, so true. Maybe they have, like, a deal. I'm just kidding. That's, That's so inappropriate. So funny. Um, yeah, she had met the pastor who had started pursuing her. And, again, her words, or his words, I don't remember, the rest is history. Yeah. They now have several children together. And who knows? Maybe they have an absolutely beautiful, loving life together with all of their church money.
1: And, like, maybe sexual- like sexuality is, like, fluid. Like, maybe, you know. You, she learned to like it. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know.
2: Now, some quotes that Jenny wrote in here. Uh, God allowed me to love him, That's and a- I still have that struggle every day.
1: L- imagine putting that now, wait. in the video. No, 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 no.
2: Now, Jenny didn't even get on the best part. Ready? Now, this is, this is the kicker for me. This is the part. Me and my mom have talked about this. This is what I always go back to. I kid you not. This woman said, I am still attracted to women in the same way a married man is attracted to women other than his wife, I am still attracted to other women. I just choose not to give in to those temptations. She also goes goes on to say, I think she said this more than once, that she would have never believed that God could have allowed her to feel some of the things she now feels.
1: I'm pretty sure it was never in a million years. Yeah. Or something like that. Something
2: like that. Um the interview is
1: incredibly
2: cringy because the, the pastor is present and like really tries
1: to make like light, lighthearted jokes. And like, which honestly, it must be so traumatic for her. So I, like thinking about it now. You had a, so, yeah. so the friend that
2: had said she hoped I never had a crush on her, me and her had had a pretty lengthy phone call um, last year. It was the first time we had talked in a while and I had come out to her as gay on that phone call.
1: Um was she, brave of you to like have a phone call conversation with yeah, her though. Yeah.
2: Um, it was actually really interesting. We had we had debated. I had told her that I'm I was no longer practicing the religion and we had talked about a lot of stuff and I I honestly feel like I low key may have opened her eyes a little bit as to how i think christians go wrong and they're like in in the way that they condemn others that are not christian mm-hmm. i had told her how like i don't believe in the temptations that you guys talk about because i don't believe in the devil yeah and like how not believing in that stuff changes a lot of things she had told me how she thinks that i'll still go to heaven Because I did at one one time believe in God and accept him.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, Which I think she thought would be, like, comforting. But it made me really uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. I was kind of, like, when you said it, I was kind of, like, I don't know how to feel about that notion. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: And then she'd asked me what I thought about this message in particular. Years later. This is literally last year. It's 2021. Yeah. And you're bringing up the pastor's wife. So I had told her how that was, like, a stepping stone for me on the way out the door and how genuinely impactful that was to, like, my image of self and how that made me – and I think we'll talk about this. We have – plans to do an episode that's a bit of an overlap between sexuality and religion so i'm trying not to touch on too much stuff
1: yeah like when we when we do that i'm gonna go into like the research that i've done like you know god is affirming of you know lgbtq people and and, like trans people and stuff like that like so i'll get into like more like the theology of like what it would mean to be like a christian and gay and like how it actually applies and not just like cherry picking a verse that is taken out of context yep um we'll get into that don't worry
2: but um I had told her how that message caused me to cry myself to sleep at night, yeah, get on my knees and pray to God that He would let me feel what I felt for girls, for guys instead, yeah, I would cry and speak aloud to him, and literally tell him like, I don't give in to the temptations, like I stay faithful.' I, like, I don't want to do that if, like, that's not what is best for my holy life. Mm -hmm. And I told her all of this. Yeah. All of this. I probably talked for, like, ten minutes about every which way this message impacted me and how awful I felt for the wife. Yeah. How I felt like she was now living a life of earthly sin because she was scared of an eternity of burning Yeah, and how that's heartbreaking to me. I had spewed and spewed and spewed. I had choked up. Like, I was was going in. Yeah. She took a second. She looked at me through the little FaceTime screen and she said... (laughs) We were just playing (laughs) footsies. And she said... I disagree with all of that, and here's why. And then, was it a good rebuttal? She rebutted.
1: No, it was not a good
2: (laughs) rebuttal. Like, come on, girl. I and like even if you shut your yap, shut your yap. I just told you that I like kneeled for hours praying to God to not make me gay. Yeah. And that's how you're going to respond to me.
1: Yeah, I think that, honestly, because I had a really similar... I didn't have quite a similar reaction right away, because I, I showed it to my mom. Because at that point, I i also thought I was, like, I was confident that I was gay. But then when we saw that video, I was like, shove that shit down. Yeah, I don't away, have to be. Like, pack okay, it up. Yeah, like, that's
2: what I need to do to be a good Christian.
1: Yeah, just, like, just don't choose it. But, like, it's not a choice. Like, I can't just, like, ignore Here's myself. It is a choice. It is a choice to
2: practice what is already inside you. Yeah. Nobody has to be straight or gay. Yeah. You are one of those things, but you don't have to live your life according to that. Yeah, you
1: can completely neglect yourself and you're authentic.
2: Not easy, but it would have been totally possible for me and Jenny to have stayed in that church and still be there now. Jenny would probably be married i'd be
1: fucking miserable and and
2: yes we would want to probably die because we would be living a a lie but we we chose not to and i think that there's a strength that comes with that yeah that people oh i was just gonna expose her ass and i can't go for it i mean i can't i can't do that um i think that there's a strength that comes with that and these people whether it stems from just arrogance, or whether it stems from their own internalized issues with the concept of sexuality—I don't know. But there's just a disconnect. I think that they will never understand that, like, it is not a choice. But we still chose to be.
1: Like you, camera, dude. Oh, it was just in the fridge.
2: <laughs> it's four twenty. <420.
1: sighs> just in the fridge.
2: Maybe stick it in the freezer, Loki.
1: Oh, I think it, like, died died for real. Oh, oh.
2: okay. Just re- be replacing that battery vibes. Yeah, box. the battery's
1: awesome. also. Flat. Okay. Yeah, Mom! New battery is Are in. you, like,
2: sure that it looks nice and I'm not gonna hate it? Yes. As I was saying, um, I do think that, like, obviously it's not a choice to be what you are. But I do think that we chose to be true to ourselves. And that is, um, again, like Jenny said, she'd kill her old self over and over for this life. And yeah. I agree. And it just breaks my heart that that pastor's wife is going. And, and I, if God is real, I pray to him that she did find happiness and, yeah. and attraction and all of those things. Um, I'm sure she loves the family she's created with him. And I'm sure it's not impossible to have love for him. It's just some of the things she said and the clear neglect of not being heterosexual. It's just upsetting that she feels the need to do that.
1: I think what's also a little sickening is the notion that, like, literally everything we just said of, like, the absolute, sorry, struggle of being in that position of, like, we could do this, but we would be absolutely miserable. Like, like you said, I probably would be married and like to a man and like the thought that like christians some that we know would be so content to let us be miserable and let us live a lie and let us literally neglect our authentic selves every single day because they think that's what's right instead of like what's so wrong about me being a christian but just loving a woman yeah you know what i mean like it's yeah and I'm going to get into all of that stuff of like the, you know, the nitty gritty of that with like religion in our overlapping episode. But it is kind of sickening that so many people would be so content to see other people be miserable for their comfort. Yeah. And it's, it's a little, it's disgusting. It's very like, you know, God wouldn't want people to live a lie. And I'm not content to live one either. So, yeah. yeah. I do hope that she. <sighs> Yeah. That she isn't miserable. I hope that, you know, she does love the life that she has. And I hope that, you know, whether it was God or just the fluidity of her sexuality, you know, allowed her to love him and everything like that. Like, that's great for her. Um, but I would not be content to live that life. Um, sorry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Saws, but that's, that one's not me. Um, I would rather do this a million times over than do that. Um, but, yeah, I think just as we wrap up here, um, kind of where we are now and, like, what we think now, um, I've already said it a couple times, but I'm still a Christian, though, like, I thought I had to pick between being LGBTQ and Christian. I didn't think that there was a middle ground. I thought I could only be one or the other, um, which I think is just, it's a huge lie, and it's a lie that is, like, literally like, taught by Christian people, like, literally the lie of, like, you can't be gay and a Christian is literally separating people even further from God, because, like, how many LGBTQ people are scorned and wounded by the church when, honestly, like, if you would just accept people, I guarantee, like, they could, like, if they, like, there are Christian LGBTQ people, you know what I mean, like, why are you separating them from a place of worship where they can worship God too, if they so please, and, like, just, I don't know. Like, it really just blow my mind. Um, so, after doing all my own research and growing with God and, you know, I worked through a lot of anger and a lot of resentment toward the church um, as a whole. And I always knew, though, no matter how I felt, that it was never God that, you know, resented me or never God that condemned me. Um, that God has only ever had love and patience and looked at me the exact same way as I did when I was quote-unquote straight. Um, there is no difference. And that's that on that per
2: um I definitely am in a better place but I don't think that I have fully healed
1: I don't think I fully healed either I think I'm just like kind of past like the anger stage but I do get kind of sad sometimes thinking about just like I I miss it yeah I'm not there yet I think I'm still (laughs) okay (laughs)
2: I'm still in my my angry stage um I I I had I am better I was way worse but I do still struggle with resentment and bitterness. Yeah. Um, for a while, that was pointed at God. Then when I left the church and I, like, kind of got back into faith and my individual relationship with him, I had realized that, like, if God is real, this is not his doing. This is, like, a product of free will. And this is just, if anything, like, the devil perverting these people's yeah. like view yeah. of like what Christianity should be. Um it was not like sexuality related why I stopped practicing religion. I just think that I'm in a stage in my life where i'm questioning everything yeah and religion is obviously one of the biggest things Mm -hmm. one of the biggest concepts you can question in our life yeah so
1: and i feel like you should question like everybody should definitely question their religion i know i kind of went through a point where i really questioned a lot of things (laughs) dude the camera i can't we're filming we're just gonna end this without footage sorry guys who were trying to do it on youtube um (laughs) I went through a phase where it was like a lot of questioning and there's nothing wrong with questioning your beliefs. There's nothing wrong with questioning your faith. There's nothing wrong with changing your faith. Um, and yeah, I totally get what you mean. Like just like in a, in a point of reflection and like, you know, figuring out what, what is for you.
2: Yeah. I, um, have definitely found myself being spiritual in different ways. I have found myself enjoying those greatly. Um, I don't know what the future holds. I doubt that it holds any relationship between a god and myself. But um I am every day learning to dif- differentiate the trauma that I went through in Christianity and the the religion itself. Yeah. Um I think that I know a handful of Christians who are genuinely some of the best people I know, you included. Yeah, 100%. And I think that religion is beautiful because of people like you guys. Any faith that is causing people to want to be good and do good, I think is awesome. Um the type of Christianity we lived through is why I have some yeah. <laughs> some negative feelings about Christianity and just religion as a whole. But um yeah I have a lot of resentment towards myself as well we didn't really touch on that too much this episode it'll definitely be something that happens probably more in the sexuality episode but I definitely hate the version of myself that was the people we talked about all episode long yeah I would agree um
1: like yeah we're definitely gonna have to get into it because we've I've mentioned it before to Brynn but like there's parts of myself that I literally hate that like Part of me who I used to be lives in people's memories, and that's all they know of me. Yeah, like people from high school. Like, if they were to find me now, my cousin literally messaged me, and she was like, "Hey, do you know so and so from high school?" And I was like, "What was the last name?" And she told me, and she was like, "Oh my gosh, like, yeah, like I work with like her older sister, blah blah blah." And I was like, (laughs) and I was like, "Well, like, you know, I we weren't never in the same clique or whatever, but like, you know, she was always nice to me and." But, like, the thought, like, it kind of goes, like, what does she remember of me? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. does she remember, like, the literally homophobic person yeah. I was in high school where I, like.
2: Because right now, me and Jenny <coughs> are the people that we used to pray for. And yeah. that's just, you, that like, that's something that I don't know if time is ever going to really, like, allow me to forgive myself for. But, yeah, every day I'm trying <laughs> to forgive myself and others yeah. for some of the, the thoughts that I've had.
1: Just like what we were taught, you know what I mean? Like, we were taught that people like us right now were, like, lost and that they were missing something and that we should want to show them light and, you know, all that stuff. And I think that there's, on a very, very small level, it's a nice thought of, like, you know... I think
2: that their intentions are often just to save us. Yeah,
1: like, you're trying to, you know, show love and be good and everything like that, but the way that you're doing it isn't actually love. It's
2: just very... I think that people who think that way about it are so deep into it that they're a bit out of touch with reality and they don't realize how absolutely cold that feels to like be be viewed as broken yeah when we are just fine yeah we're we're just into women that's really it (laughs) guys like gay it's it's, okay yeah it's not it's honestly we're probably doing much better than some of you guys sorry that was mean i'm not gonna put that in (laughs) i'm just yeah there's that bitterness
1: but yeah no I I think there's definitely parts of me that are still like not healed from exactly what you said like trauma like we didn't go like into everything and honestly I don't know if I ever really will for the podcast because there are parts of it that really just hurt parts of my soul that I don't even know if I can yeah like really drudge up to put in front of an audience because like it really was like you said like crying on your knees like begging for God to like change you and like literally like the guilt of not being able to accept yourself and it really was like just trauma like emotional trauma to go through yeah um but I think, yeah, every day like we're healing, we're growing yep. into the people that we want to be and um, we're finding our way to and ourselves. I know that I can say personally
2: that even if it's just some of our friends who are already kind of familiar with our religious history, I think that it's super powerful for me and Jenny to be able to verbalize all of this and say it to each other and to you guys. I think that. For me personally, this is definitely going to be a part of that healing process. And I think that saying some of this, just like you said, like it's clear when we talk about it, how crazy it is. But it's also clear that I think a lot of the times these people were coming from what they would consider good intentions. Yeah. And that's
1: why there's no hate for them. There's no animosity toward them because we know that they were doing what they think is right. Because we did it. And yeah, we, we, we thought like them at one point, like we thought that what we were doing was also right. And, you know, we know that they weren't intentionally trying to hurt us. Yeah. But unfortunately that's kind of just, just how it falls. Yeah. yeah.
0: Just how the cards were dealt.
1: But yeah, we're going to get into so much more of this, like the sexuality aspect of it, the religious aspect of it, um, in different episodes. I know we were yeah. kind of we have some plans with that. Yeah, we definitely have plans for it. And we'll get into all of it. So if you like these kinds of episodes, you're definitely you are in luck because me and Bryn kind of really love talking about this stuff. And I we think love... that
2: this stuff is what really motivated us to like start. It is.
1: This. Yeah, because we have so much like just like knowledge and stuff that happened in church and between personal experience. personal experience and yeah, like I'm just really, really excited for us to get into all of that. So but you're also, in for a treat.
2: Um if any of you weren't into this which would be stupid because regardless it's me and jenny talking for an hour and a <laughs> half so that's pretty cool um don't worry there are some light-hearted stuff that we're still gonna change back and forth between it's not gonna be real heavy every time but um yeah i hope you guys liked this kind of content because um, there yeah there, you you will be in luck if you did there will be much more <laughs> but um we honestly don't even know what, what episode's going to be next, so we can't even tell you guys what to yeah. look forward to next week because we haven't chosen yet, but I'm sure it'll be great. It'll be a bit more lighthearted, but...
1: Just make sure you're following us on Instagram, and you'll get all of the updates about um, what we're releasing when. Guys, I made a TikTok,
2: too. I haven't posted yeah, on it, but go follow the TikTok and the Instagram. They're both just women with microphones, and then... Um, the Spotify too, if you're listening, really? hey, it's if you're watching, so oh my gosh, you can't see us if you're watching. So, yeah, cause, cause the camera sucks. <laughs> so, but if you're listening, um, I heard from a couple of you guys that you liked the ASMR of us typing. Uh, oh, that's I'm so screaming. funny. That's that is so funny. So funny. Um, um, but yeah, keep the, keep the suggestions coming. I've gotten a few from you guys and we appreciate them. We want to do stuff that you guys will want to watch
1: and so, please keep messaging us and telling us like yeah, what you like nice didn't. things or like telling us what you <laughs> thought was funny and like you laughing with us like we really just appreciate all of our friends all of our family yes, everybody supporting so us much. you guys are literally i mean like just amazing like literally you, thank it's you for been literally
2: one episode and like we're already just like overwhelmed with the support
1: yeah so like so, please keep you. the support coming thank you so and much and also
2: Keep coming with the keep coming with problems too. If you guys like can't hear something or like there's something going on, feel free to let us know because yes. we're still learning. But we're so grateful that you guys
1: are learning with us. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for being here. Oh my Thanks, God.
2: guys. Three episodes. That's I know. Crazy. We'll see you we're at flying num- through this, I bro. I know, dude. Holy shit. Well, oh, we'll- sorry.
1: <laughs> we'll see you at number four next week, and can't wait to see you guys later. Be safe. Bye.